Hi, this is Jay Sunhalter, ESPN3 analyst and former Pirate football tight end. And you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. to the inside slant here on the sports objective very excited another saturday of college football and especially with the times we're living in folks it's nice to know that we can um right near my big screen and after our show we'll get ready for watching college football but to get you ready to get all of us ready uh bubba you've outdone yourself once again uh for the inside slant another great lineup for us right here on the show yeah, unfortunately, our first guest, and we'll be talking about a game that was uh, canceled and that was supposed to be played today. Um, we'll, we'll be talking with David Scott of the Charlotte Observer. Uh, after that, uh, we will catch up with the likes of uh, Jeff Jeff Allen from Nightline Sports Network. Also, Ryan Token of the Golden Hurricast. Um, Keith Morehouse um, up in Huntington with WSA – excuse me, WSA – AZ uh, with the uh, television station there uh, talking about App State and the Thundering Herd. And then last but not least, uh, Rob McClam of Inside Pack Sports. Right now, very excited to have from the Charlotte Observer, David Scott. Like your name, David. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Dave. How are you all doing? Very, uh, very excited to have, I guess it's uh, week three of uh, college football. Hard to believe we're here. And one of the uh, storylines it's been obviously is a, a contact tracing and unfortunately with the 49ers that came into play and like you and I were talking about there's uh, most schools are following the protocol of what to do some are not and uh, the 49ers are uh, obviously stepped up and did the right thing yeah you it would it would appear that way uh, what happened they had a couple guys um, over the last two weeks test positive um, two last week and then one previously on excuse one on monday of this week um and those that player uh had contact tracing with what appears to be just about the entire charlotte offensive line and so they had to put those guys into quarantine um on monday and some even were in it last week also so uh the decision was made that without um (laughs) basically most of your offensive linemen it didn't make sense to try and play uh, Coach Will Healy said that, uh, you know, they were thinking about bringing scout team members in or, or you know, walk-ons that were with the team. Um, and that just was not a prudent thing to do going to Keenan Stadium to try and play North Carolina with, with, with those kind of numbers or lack of numbers per se. So, yeah, they canceled it um, on Thursday and um, everybody's got the day off today. And that's the thing is that when you're thinking about Mac Brown and what he's brought to the program, David, as you know, uh, did a great job previously in the 80s and early nine, late 80s and early 90s with that program. And 
they're, I believe, number 12 this week. And so when you have number 12, uh, North Carolina hosting the 49ers, it's already going to be a tough feat. And then um, the 49ers have got a great program up and coming. And you would hate to see like a really lopsided score, especially when you know that they're going to be a lot better than, say, if they get blown out. If they got blown out like a 63 to 7 or some kind of crazy score just because you don't have all your players there. Yeah, and and the bottom line is you got to think about the the health and safety of the players who would be out there, uh, not to mention those who were potentially affected by the virus. Um, so, um, you know, it, it was going to be a, it was going to be a tough uh, tough test for Charlotte anyway. But to go in there with a limited offensive line, they already knew their starting quarterback Chris Reynolds was out. Uh, he got hurt against Appalachian State last week, so. Um, they already had that going against them anyway. So, um, yeah, they, they took the sensible the sensible way out on this. And, David, the uh, certainly one of the things I was going to talk about is I know it's already the game's already been played. I was really impressed knowing Charlotte's up and coming and having that rivalry. I guess it's like a rivalry, if you will call it, with Appalachian State and having that game. And Charlotte gave Appalachian State uh, fits. I really thought that uh, – I thought that Appalachian State would win the game, but man, uh, Charlotte really hung in there with them. Yeah, um, and it was played in, in the rain and the fog up there um, without any fans. Well, there were a couple of uh, App State parents um, in the stands, but yeah, Charlotte, um, uh, they've, they've got some offensive weapons. Defensively, they had some holes to fill. Um, it looks like they found uh, a potential star in, in a linebacker named Tyler Murray, who the transfer from Troy who came in um, and sat out last year. He had 14 tackles, an interception, forced a fumble and recovered a fumble. He played really well too. So um, it was, it, it was a competitive game, which Charlotte, the program has now um, reached a point where that's not enough for them. They, they don't want to be just competitive. They don't want moral victories, but um, you know, they wanted to Appalachian like they did last year and, and gave them all they could handle. No question. And then with uh, with this rivalry, um, I know it's good. Well, there's seven Division One schools in North Carolina. And uh, it, with you guys out in the western part of the state, when you have Charlotte, App, and Wake, uh, if you want, if you will, those three. And then you have the Triangle schools and then uh, East Carolina uh, for sure. So uh, very excited to have one thing. For, one thing's for sure. The population is, is exploding, especially in your neck of the woods with uh, Charlotte recently. Uh, surpassing San Francisco, I saw as number fifteen in the country as far as population. Amazing, amazing feat. Yeah, um, it, you know it's obviously a big and growing market. Um, the the Charlotte football program, the 49ers football program, as you know, is only eight. <clears throat> excuse me, eight years old. Um, so they're still building on it. Uh, Will Healy's in his second year as coach, and he's brought a a completely new outlook and kind of energy to the to the program that they're really, you know, trying to, to build on now. Um, they're, they're trying to take adva more advantage of being in the Charlotte market um, to help their recruiting. And, and he's known as a great recruiter anyway. So we'll see over the next couple of years how much fruit that bears. But yeah, uh, Charlotte, um, being in the Charlotte market is, is definitely something that, that they use and, and can build on as, as a program continues to grow. David, I know you were in Boone last weekend, so talk about that atmosphere, how surreal it was. You you referenced the weather, um, but just I was listening to the first part of the game on the uh, on tune-in radio, um, 
listening to Adam Witten's call on the App State Network, and then I was able to watch the second half. Uh, I, I particularly noticed this on um, on the radio broadcast, um, just the uh, pumped-in crowd noise. It, I, I've personally found it pretty annoying on the radio, and uh, and one of my App State friends said the same. Yeah, Bubba, I felt the same way. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just something we're going to have to get used to. I think most schools are going to be doing it. Um, you know, there, there's nobody in the stadium. Um, they pipe in artificial noise. So there's just, you know, kind of a bizarre feeling to it. And, you know, I, maybe we'll get used to it. Maybe we won't. But um, having those two, have you know, hearing all that noise and not seeing anybody making it was was just strange. Um, now, you know, apparently uh, parents are going to start being allowed into some of these games over starting this week. I know they are at NC State tonight. Um, they're working on a plan at Charlotte, I know, to do that for their home opener next week against Georgia State. So there'll be now more people in the stands, obviously not, you know, anywhere near to capacity. And it's all, all going to have to be um, to protocol and social distancing, distancing and things like that. So that'll change things a little bit. But yeah, it's just going to be something we're going to have to get used used to. It's a, it's a has a completely artificial feel, especially when the crowd noise is piped in like that. David, you were talking about that. It was funny because it's like when you watch these. I was watching the NFL college games, but I noticed even more on the NFL games. I don't know if it's louder or what, but it's almost like a really bad sitcom with the laugh tracks. Um, you know, the, if the if the sitcom is not bad enough, and then you throw in those really bad laugh tracks, and that's the way that I don't know. It just seems like there's a natural feel for the game, and then you throw in that, and like, where did that? Wait a minute, there's no, you know, I know that they, I understand the production quality of things, and you're in the journalism business. I mean, we understand this part of that is the entertainment thing, but. We all know it's not like that we're we've been in a quote quote bubble. We don't know anything about the coronavirus. We know that all the protocols and the reason why there are no fans in the stands. So you look at it's really weird to hear the uh, the music and to hear the crowd noise. And you look around, you're like, man, this this is like a practice. Yeah, and I guess if you're watching it on TV, um, I guess there's some shots of the stadium being empty, but. With the crowd noise, you know, you know, you're being asked to almost go into some kind of alternate universe. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's uh, it's just something something that's strange. No question. With uh, with Charlotte, we're, uh, you were talking about uh, next week with uh, Georgia State. What about the rest of the season? How are you feeling about the the team as far as you covering the team? Um, it seems like the trajectory is definitely headed in the right direction for the program. Yeah, after the Georgia State game, that's that's a non-conference game. They'll go into Conference USA play the following week at Florida International, which, uh, as we all know, had their game canceled this week um, against Georgia Southern. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah, they go um, – you know, they, they're going to be a factor in Conference USA this year. Um, what Last year was their first winning record in, in school history. Um and what at the time was seven years. This is their eighth year now, um, the first bowl game. So they've got something they can build on. Um, they, they're what Will Healy has said is they want to win conference championships and win bowl games. So um, last year was a step. It's not where they want to be. Um, they've got uh, quite a few players back, but they also are missing a couple of key guys from from last year. Three, two guys who were drafted 
um, in the NFL draft, uh, Alex Highsmith, their defensive end, who is an All-American, Cam Clark, um, an offensive lineman, and then Benny LeMay, um, who was their record-breaking tailback, um, was an undrafted free agent and has um, made the practice squad of the Cleveland Browns. So those are three pretty significant holes to fill. Um, but in running at the running back, they brought in a guy named Trey Harbison, who had a couple thousand yard seasons at Northern Illinois. Uh, he's a grad transfer. Um, they, they had a couple of injured players uh, who didn't play at all last year, um, who are all-star caliber players, uh, guys like Tyreek Harris, a defensive end, and Ben DeLuca, the strong safety, who's getting ready to break the, the school tackles record. He missed most of last year also, and he's back. So they're filling some of these holes with some talent. The offensive line was, ironically, um, was their hardest hit by graduation, but they've got some some couple grad transfers coming in. Uh, four-star recruit by the name of Tykees Crawford from Texas, um, who they recruited late and got him in. And he's going to be uh, – he should be an excellent player for them in the future. So um, they've got some pieces, whether they can – um, especially with all the uncertainty now, whether they can um, equal what they did last year will, will be seen. But they should be a factor in, in Conference USA East. And David, you see that Bubba there, he tried to copy you. He was actually indoors, and he had to run, run out to the stadium. To, are you at the stadium? Yeah, the center field there. I love that. That's actually the bar area uh, there, the uh, the Cannonballers. Uh, there so you go. Up there uh, so um, we'll be joining, by the way, if you're just joining us, Jeff Allen from the Knights, uh, Nightline Sports Network is in the green room. He'll be with us in just a few minutes. We had a, a couple questions, if you don't mind, David. Uh, we wanted to put, put up from Mike Radford, a friend of the podcast, uh, a wrestling great at East Carolina back in the 70s when we had a wrestling program, and an uh, outstanding wrestling program. And he had a couple questions for you, if we can uh, put those uh, let's see if I can, I'll get that first one up for you. Uh, he said, David, isn't our national anthem one of the story treasures at our home game traditions? Uh, yeah, Jeff, it always has been uh, and continues to be. Yes, sir. Well, that's uh, that. Uh, we'll get that. And um, as far as uh, what's uh, with the games going on and the um, one question I had before we let you go, David, can you talk about the? Uh, we'll get to Jeff. Can you talk about the facilities at um, at Charlotte? Do you have any knowledge of any like? Are there anything capital campaigns or anything with the the way the program is growing? I, I was amazed by the way the uh, when they were showing the the students and they were showing the those viewing parties. That was pretty cool. I haven't really seen that from a, a outsider, I guess, outside the Charlotte area to see how the fans reacted to football. That was really cool last week. Yeah, the facilities are, are um, obviously, you know, basically brand new. The stadium, Jerry Richards Stadium, Richardson Stadium, excuse me, seats about 15,000, which is the smallest right now um, in FBS. But um, it can be expanded to up, upwards of 40,000. So they're waiting uh, to do that. Um, but the, uh, the field house, the practice fields are all, all you know, state of the art, including the weight room. They do have a capital improvement plan that they're going to unveil, a uh, facilities plan that they're going to unveil sometime soon. The coronavirus has delayed that. Um, but that should include a lot of, of stuff, not just for the football program, but, but all sports. Um, so you can anticipate uh, renovations and expansions um, 
all around campus, um, especially with the athletic department, maybe something like an indoor practice facility, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, there's there, the, the facilities here are, are really nice if for no other reason because they're basically brand new, but they're, they're getting ready to expand and renovate them also. That's cool. We appreciate your time, David. And uh, disappointing that you are you uh, I was are you going to like take the weekend off or uh, what are you going to do now that you don't have to cover the 49ers? I have the weekend off, Dave. You're right. Um, <laughs> so I have to come up with some last minute plans, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, get some rest because I know it's going to be a, a challenging season for many different reasons. But I know that with that beat that you guys are working around the clock a lot of times to meet the deadlines and stuff. How can people follow your work, David? Uh, Twitter at David Scott 14, David Scott one, four. All right. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Enjoy your weekend. And I hope to get you back on the inside slant very soon. Okay, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Appreciate it. David. See ya. All right, David Scott there from the Charlotte Observer. Good stuff there. And I know a tough break for him, uh, but a guy that uh, we think a lot of that's been a friend of the podcast for over a year now or more. Uh, Bubba, we're glad to have him back. And uh, he does have a game to cover. We do. Um, very excited right now to be joined um, by our good buddy down with UCF, um, the opponent, as we've referenced, for the Pirates next weekend, Jeff Allen from the Nightline Sports Network. Jeff, welcome in. Hey, guys. Great to be with you. And uh, gosh, uh, you know, we were supposed to open three weeks ago against uh, North Carolina in a ranked ball game. It's finally great to get down to getting some action going. <laughs> I had no doubt. We uh, we were talking about we started doing this show because we had no we had no pirate stuff but we'll keep doing this along with uh, the pirates open up next week with you guys we'll talk about that but 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 wait a minute we've got a game today obviously you guys do with Georgia Tech to talk about and I, you know Jeff uh, I'll be honest with you I, I thought uh, with UCF they're gonna be uh, look like they'll they'll have another great season I was surprised last week uh, to be fair to Georgia Tech there with the Yellow Jackets, I, I really thought they played a lot better than I expected. Well, I would say that is true, but I would also say that game says more about how bad a shape the FSU program is versus how good yeah. Georgia Tech might be. Uh, but they definitely uh, have some uh, skill on that side of the ball. And Jeff Collins, we know from his days at Temple, he's a good football coach, and he will instill toughness in that football team. And, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll be a 500 team this year. And in year three of this program, they should start to become a factor in the ACC. No question about it. With the, with the Knights, what are the expectations this year? Are they been tempered because of knowing of you know, losing some players and obviously with COVID? Or uh, I would imagine that it's uh, undefeated again, right? Well, you know, we are spoiled in Night Nation. Uh, everybody's expecting another undefeated season. And when you think about what Josh Heupel is doing, 22-4 and four in his first two seasons, a New Year's Six appearance, you know, a 10-3 and three was considered a down year. If that's a down year, I'll take that every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and- <laughs> that's, uh, that's three years worth of wins, over three years worth of wins for us, my friend. So 10-3, and three, uh, we've only done that twice in school history. Uh, so um, in the modern era, for sure. And so that would be certainly a huge year. That's a miracle season for the Pirates. But Bubba, I know that uh, when you, we, we both follow UCF close and we followed even closer now having you, Jeff, and uh, with the program. And one of the questions I have for you is that I think we've asked you before is with the playoff. You know, I, I reference you guys. It's like I don't even pull for UCF. 
Uh, I'm not a UCF grad. However, they're a conference mate. And when they can win 25 straight games and they can't make it to the playoff, uh, something's wrong. So I'm hoping for you guys. I always use that for all the Power 5 people out there um, that you guys deserve a playoff appearance and um, after that, definitely after that second season. But um, what are the thoughts there in, in Night Nation? Are you guys – are you guys uh, hoping at some point that you can uh, break the barrier and finally get through and get into the playoffs? Well, you know, this of all seasons probably been, would have been our best chance. But now that the Big Ten is back in the equation, I think that's going to temper that again. Uh, you know, because even if the Big Ten was out of the equation, I still don't trust the playoff committee. I think they would have put in three SEC teams in Clemson. Uh, just to spite everybody, but uh, yeah, it is a shame that they don't get the opportunity to uh, to to get on that doorstep and get to actually compete for the national championship because they have been worthy of that opportunity. Jeff, one of the things um, that's really been um, spotlighted for UCF is the quarterback situation. I mean, obviously you have a proven commodity in Dylan Gabriel and everything he did last year, but you have McKenzie Milton kind of slowly working himself back into the mix and what is still going to be a few more weeks though until he's yeah, it'll ready. It'll be a correct? few more weeks until he's ready. And, you know, we'll have to see about that. Um, you know, McKenzie's recovery has been nothing short of miraculous. When I was there in Tampa the day he got hurt and the, the fact he nearly lost his leg, they you know, stats show that that injury half the time the people lose a leg. And to see what he has done so far to get where he is now is a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel is a tremendous quarterback and only will skyrocket more this season. Had a terrific freshman season, uh, throwing for about 3,600 yards. Uh, you know, the team averages 541 yards a game and 43 points per game in scoring. And, um, and I think the playbook will open up more for him this year. I think it was tempered a little bit uh, by Josh Heupel seeing that he had a young quarterback. He did struggle on the road. So today will be a, a good test to see if he's going to, you know, continue his progression. Um, but as far as McKenzie Milton goes, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I, I would love to see him uh, back and playing. Uh, and then the, the other side of me says, you know, I, uh, I'm going to be, you know, holding my breath every time <laughs> he's near contact or running with the football. Um, and then, of course, Daryl Mack would have been the incumbent to be the backup this year. He won the ACC, the AAC championship a couple of years ago after McKenzie got hurt. He decided to opt out. But Kadri Jones, a local kid from Jones High School, word was that he had already passed Mac on the depth chart. So Kadri uh, uh, is a, 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 a great young talent, and uh, he will be the backup to uh, Dylan Gabriel. And as far as, uh, as far as the matchup, the skill position, I'm sure, is still going to be fantastic for the Knights this year. Yeah, they are just loaded in the running back room. Uh, Adrian Killens graduated, but uh, they still have the Swiss Army knife and Otis Anderson, who splits time at receiver. Greg McRae, uh, he should regain his 1,000-yard form from a couple of years ago. And Batavius Thomas, he's the big back in the group, and he always makes things happen when he touches the ball. McRae and Thompson both had over 600 yards a year ago. Uh, Otis Anderson had over 500 yards. So, you know, running the football is an important factor of this uh high-powered offense, and, uh, and then at the receiver position, you know, Gabriel Davis is going to be a tough guy to replace. Uh, he was a, uh, you know, he's going to do great things on Sundays with the Buffalo Bills, 
But, you know, they got a great returning starter to Trey Nixon. He had 49 catches a year ago. Marlon Williams had 51 catches a year ago. Uh, Jacob Harris is one of their uh, uh, slot guys. And uh, Oklahoma transfer Jalen Robinson, he's expected to be a factor, and uh, he could be a breakout uh, star for the Knights. Um, I think the the big thing we'll we'll need to see from UCF is on the offensive line. Uh, you know, they uh, their starting center a year ago, Jordan Johnson, uh, was a tremendous player, but they do have uh, uh, Samuel Jackson, Parker Bordeaux, and Cole Schneider returning. Uh, a season tackle and Marcus Tatum coming in from Tennessee, but they'll have a redshirt freshman and Matt Lee uh, snapping the ball. So we'll have to see what uh, what uh, takes place there. Their run blocking was great a year ago. Pass protection particularly in the road games, was a bit of a problem. So hard to win on the road, isn't it, Jeff? Uh, you always hear to win all your home games and half your your uh, your road games. And it really, i tell you what, in the Montgomery area, uh, Montgomery era, that was uh, very difficult uh, to win on the road. I don't, did we, Bubba, did we ever win on the road at one game or none, right? It was none. Dave, you're sliding Coach Mo. We won at UConn. How can you forget UConn, that? That's right. How can you forget that memorable win? That's right. Hey, remember that's right. the uh, yeah, Torbett. Yeah, Torbett. Yeah, the it was a Torbett. Yeah, I mean, it was a Sunday afternoon game. A Sunday afternoon game that was shifted around. I think we're actually maybe supposed to play uh, USF or someone, but the, the game got bumped. The hurricane. And we, we played at UConn on a Sunday. It, very strange atmosphere, and and we got that huge lead, and then nearly blew it. Yeah, he had a chance to kick the. the it was a chip shot field goal, and he had a chance to t- taking it to overtime. Tarbutt was his name, the kicker. Uh, kind of hard. I, I I remember him. I don't. <laughs> I forgot about that road win, uh, but I do remember that name. But uh, anyway, we got the win, and definitely was not going to be over. That would have been like over zero and four in that season. But let's talk about the Knights. Uh, as far as the – what's the mood down there as far as – I know it's been stro- – here it's been really hard because we're normally opening up like you guys on Labor Day weekend. This case, it was supposed to be uh, week zero at Marshall, a huge game with the 50th anniversary of the plane, unfortunate plane crash. Um, and so we were looking forward to that. And then, you know, it's kind of like, Jeff, we, uh, we're excited to see you guys play because that gives us hope that next week that the Pirates are going to play. Yeah, you know it's uh it's been it's been tough. I mean, I know our folks are chomping at the bit, totally disappointed that we lost the North Carolina game because that was going to be something we could put on our resume uh, if we were to win that football game. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely everybody's got a bunch of pent up energy. Uh, you know, there will be uh, there will be fans at Georgia Tech. Uh, it looks like there's actually a decent little contingent of UCF fans making the trip there. Um, so I would not be surprised if you hear uh, uh, some good uh, noise from from the Knights fans uh, up there at uh, at Bobby Dodd. Jeff, what is the capacity today at uh, at Bobby Dodd is in Grant Field? Is it twenty or twenty five percent? I believe it's twenty twenty five percent in that range, uh, which will be the same here in Orlando once uh, once uh, once we get going here. And talking about the impacts of COVID, um, I don't believe we touched on this earlier. But as far as 10 guys opting out, what, two of those were um, first on the depth chart? 
Uh, well, uh, Daryl Mack uh, was uh, one of those guys. Tay Gowan is really the biggest name of the list of 10 that's opting out. Uh, defensive back who uh, has decided he's going to focus his energies on the National Football League uh, this year. Um, so, yeah, that was a uh, uh, a tough loss. But the secondary is stacked. They still have uh, a lot of great guys in there like senior Richie Grant, Aaron Robinson, the nickelback, Antoine Collier, who might be uh, the most underrated of the guys back there. Uh, and Bam Moore, we're getting him back, too, from injury. So uh, if, once he gets back up to full speed, uh, uh, they'll be able to offset that loss of Gowan. That's amazing. Tell us, about the, tell us about the Knights defensively. You know, we've talked to the offensive side of the ball, which is what a lot of folks think about when they think of UCF. But tell us uh, what – what Coach Randy Shannon has on the defensive side. You know, he's doing a great job with this uh, building this defense uh, since he's been at UCF. And, uh, and you know, the offense gets all the pub, but the defense is steadily rising. When you look at, uh, at what they did uh, a year ago, uh, you know, they were uh, tops in uh, uh, stops behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, in the nation. Uh, defensive line, uh, senior tackle Kenny Tunier, he had 13 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Traymond Morris Brash, he's a, a, a rising uh, star as a pass rusher on the outside. Anthony Montavo is a big beast in the middle of the line. Linebacker group, we lost uh, uh, a good one in Nate Nevins as he graduated, but uh, the two Eric's, Mitchell and Gilliard, uh, Mitchell's good at getting behind the line. Gilliard, he uh, was one of the top tacklers on the team. A year ago, and as I mentioned, the uh, the secondary is probably the the biggest strength of this defense. Uh, that gives our, our our front line an opportunity to uh, get to the quarterback. Sounds uh, very good. Hey uh, Jeff, before we let you go, love to uh, have you on again soon. And it seems like with the Pirates and UCF, it's always a uh, always a lot of fun. And uh, that'll be next week. Uh, before we let you go, what are your thoughts on? that game and are you going to make the trip to Greenville? If you do, we'll get you some barbecue. I would like to, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, traveling isn't uh, uh, taking place for me right now. Um, you know, but uh, you know, we definitely are focused on uh, Georgia tech today. Um, and and I, you know, I kind of wanted to mention, this is an interesting uh, uh, matchup because there's a lot of synergy between these uh, two teams. Uh, as you uh, probably are aware, George O'Leary, coach of both programs, he's going to be honored today uh, for induction into a Tex Hall of Fame. He's already in UCF's. Uh, Jeff Collins was a grad assistant under O'Leary uh, at Georgia Tech. He was linebackers and coach and recruiting coordinator here, um, as well as uh, Brent Key, Andrew Thacker, and uh, Will Glover uh, on the Tech staff were all at UCF. The athletic director, Todd Stansberry, was the AD at UCF from uh, 12 to 15, and uh Quarterback Jeff Sims is uh, the nephew of former UCF Knight and NFL wide receiver Mike Sims Walker. And uh, so he's uh, coming from good bloodlines, but we have to root against uh, the younger Sims today. <laughs> hey, Dave, I, I think Jeff was planning on coming to Greenville next weekend, even, even though he can't get in and trying to get a East Carolina parent ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I know the traveling is uh, tough, like you were saying, Jeff. Before we let you go, I want to get you to promote your stuff. And uh, thanks again for coming on, buddy. Yes, no doubt, no question. Uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88. And I'm uh, part of the Nightline Sports Network. Uh, we are at UCF underscore Nightline. I host the AAC reports uh, covering all things in the American uh, each and every week. Drops on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. And then uh, for full coverage of the nights, our, our uh, network podcasts are uh, loaded up and uh, 
give it everything, all UCF all the time. And I also host my own show, uh, Jeff Allen Sports Talk, uh, which, uh, you know, we delve into uh, college football quite a bit as well. All right, Jeff, good luck to the Knights. Good luck to you. And I uh, look forward to having you back on real soon, my friend. You got it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate being on. No problem. Jeff Allen there, Nightline uh, Sports Network. Appreciate him very much. And uh, now another one of our friends. Uh, we have a, uh, I know he's getting ready to make a road trip. I'd uh, love to be able to go to a football game with Ryan, but Bubba, uh, glad to have him back. Yeah, I'd love to be making that trip to Stillwater um, to, to watch the game today. Maybe the, the Golden Hurricane can pull the shocker and be huge for the AAC for sure. Um, welcome in from the Golden Hurricast, Ryan Token. Yeah, hey guys, thank you. It's been a long time. I'm super happy to be talking to you again. I think last we spoke, it was uh, early February, something. I don't know. It was early basketball season, at least. So it's been it's been a while. So I'm I'm glad to be talking to you again. And no doubt about it. Big game today, and Stillwater uh, with Tulsa traveling to take on Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, and I believe are they ranked uh, guys 11th this week? Is that right? Uh, so big, almost a top 10 team. Uh, you might as well say that. Uh, how do you guys feel, Ryan, uh, with with Tulsa take, taking on Oklahoma State? How do you feel about the game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, OSU is uh, an incredibly talented team. Um, they, I expect it to be really high in scoring overall, right? So we played them last year um, when our defense was notably probably going to be better than it is this year and they they pretty much loaded up on us uh we were actually beating them in the first half if you'll remember it was 21 to, or 21 to 20 i believe at the end of the first half and then we didn't score again in the rest of the game so we tasted blood a little bit uh there in the first half but you never know uh, with this year but i do expect it to be a high score right so oklahoma state probably has you know one of the best offenses in the country this year uh, with Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, and Spencer Sanders, uh, the triplets, as they call them. And with our – I expect our passing defense to be to be really talented again this year, uh, but our run defense was lackluster last year, and I expect it to be that way pretty much again this year, basically just based on the scheme we play, a 3-3-5. Um, and then we lost a lot of guys on the defensive end. right? So Chuba Hubbard, I assume, will have a big day today. If we find a way to stop him, then we have uh, a fighting chance. But stopping Chuba Hubbard is no uh, no small task. Ryan, last year Tulsa, um, despite your record, was a really competitive football team. You guys hung right in there with a lot of the top teams in the AAC. Like you said, you hung in there in the first half with Oklahoma State. And uh, your record didn't indicate how, how, uh, how tough and out Tulsa was last year. Um, big picture, what do you think it's going to take for Coach Montgomery to, to go from being a tough team to, uh, to you know, winning some of those games and uh, getting to a bowl? Yeah, it's going to be – so I think I think this year has a chance to take a big step up. Tulsa does play a pretty tough uh, conference schedule or just schedule in general, and they also played a really tough schedule last year. I think outside of the Power Five, we, we had the hardest uh, – the hardest schedule overall. Um, so it was a tough, tough deal last year. And we lost a couple heartbreakers. You'll remember probably the, the last second field goal missed to Memphis uh, that would have won the game there from like 25 yards out. And then we also had, uh, you know, I think we were up by 30 something. Uh, I can't remember 20 something. We were up by a lot going into the fourth quarter against SMU on the road uh, and also missed some field goals in overtime and double overtime in that game. So like you said, uh, an underwhelming record last year. I think the talent on the team, shows a lot more than that record does to take the next step this year. 
uh, we got got to make some field goals first of all. So we'll see if uh, we can do that. We did sign our first uh, under Montgomery, at least his first scholarship kicker last year. He actually signed. Uh, he, he was his official visit to Tulsa was at the Memphis game. So he was there to watch the uh, the kick miss to beat Memphis. And I think he he signed that day, probably. So he, he we're super excited to have him. Um, and then besides that, we got to find a way to stop the run. Like that was, a, that was a killer last year. The scheme makes it difficult and we lost a lot of talent. So hopefully they've got some answers there, but I'm, I'm pretty confident in the offensive firepower we have returning this year. We can talk about that maybe a little later, but I I'm feeling good on the offensive end. The defensive side is what scares me. No doubt. And, uh, that's one thing with, uh, with Tulsa, they're going to have to be able to stop uh, Oklahoma State, obviously, and uh, or at least contain them as much as possible yeah. to, to have a, a chance to win. I don't think you really stop them, but if no. you can kind of <laughs> contain them, uh, yeah. that'll give you some kind of the chance, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you mentioned uh, Tulsa's offense and some of the weapons you guys have. Uh, talk about some of those weapons and uh, how you guys expect to uh, score on Tulsa today. Oh, our Oklahoma State, right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we're not scoring on ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> scrimmage. This is scrimmage. That's going the wrong way. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we've got a lot of like I mentioned, feeling feeling good about the offense. We'll see how they show out today. Um, Oklahoma State's defense was kind of middle of the pack last year in the Big Twelve, so we'll see how that shakes out. They are, from everything I've heard, the OSU defense should be pretty improved this year. Um, but you never know until you get on the field, right? So for our for our offense, um, the big story is returning quarterback Zach Smith. All right, so he's a senior this year. He was at Baylor uh, originally, under and uh, Philip Montgomery was also at Baylor, if you'll remember. And he actually recruited Zach Smith to Baylor. So that's kind of how those two both shaped up in Tulsa. And this is for Zach Smith. This is actually our first, uh, believe it or not, our first returning quarterback since Dane Evans back in 2016. Uh, we've had a lot of uncertainty at that position for the last several years. And that has resulted, I think, in uh, some rocky seasons. So very excited to have a returning quarterback, especially a returning quarterback who's a big time, big arm guy, who's a senior, ready to leave his mark uh, here at the University of Tulsa. So very excited about him. Um, outside of him on the offensive end, the big name at receiver is Keelan Stokes. Uh, he's the younger brother of Keevan Lucas, who was on the team back in the glory days of 2016. And we're super excited about him. He's also a senior this year. So looking forward to Zach Smith and, and Stokes kind of being the one-two punch. And then at running back also, uh, Shamari Brooks and Corey Taylor have been the story for us for a long time now. They're both they're both very experienced, very good running backs. Um, Shamari, a local kid from here in Tulsa, and Corey Taylor was at Oklahoma State before he transferred to here. Uh, so we're, we're super psyched about them. Um, those are probably the biggest names. We have a lot of kind of up-and-comers, I think, who are going to make a name for themselves this year as well. But uh, those are probably the biggest ones to watch for. And Ryan, as far as uh, recruiting goes, I know Philip Montgomery has been on the hot seat in Tulsa. Uh, that's no, that's no secret. Uh, how how's recruiting go, going for him and uh, for the program? Yeah, it's weird. So I uh, I put this out on Twitter a couple weeks ago. So back you know early March, maybe you guys know the answer to this. Nobody really did uh, on our Twitter account at least. Um, we had it was like the number 92 or something recruiting class in in march like soon after signing day maybe a couple weeks after that was all finished and wrapped up and it was the highest rated recruiting class in a while for montgomery i think maybe his highest one ever wow and then all of a sudden i or, uh, yeah i know we uh, we've been struggling with recruiting lately uh but yeah so all of a sudden like 
we I don't remember. I looked, you know, a couple months ago or maybe a month ago, and our rate our numbers were like down. We were we had like the number 116th class number all of a sudden. I have no idea what happened. And that was with the addition of we got a couple big time transfers from Mizzou and Texas AM and uh Oklahoma State and all kinds of stuff. So I don't really know what happened there. Regardless, recruiting has been a struggle for Montgomery. Um we've we finished in like 10, 11, and 12 in the AAC rankings for I think every year, maybe nine was the highest we got. Um, so on that side of things, I don't think it's gotten that much better, uh, but you never know. So we'll see what happens this year. I do like our class a lot. I think it's really talented from this this past year. Uh, some of those, I think, have a chance to make an impact even this season. So we'll see. In just a few minutes to the green. What was that? Uh, we were here. <laughs> Bubba, you're going to ask. I didn't, we were asking if he had another question for you. No, I didn't. I didn't say anything. I was just. I was letting you go ahead and uh, mention the upcoming schedule. Okay. All right. Uh, we have uh, Keith Morehouse. He's in the green room. We'll be with him in a couple minutes from WSAZ and Huntington. A big game with the Thundering Herd, and of course uh, Appalachian State. That'll be uh, today. So we'll be talking to him in just a couple minutes. Ryan, uh, I tell you what, uh, I. I wish we could get in the car with you and uh, go to the Stillwater. It's one of the intriguing matchups today. Obviously, with our next guest is another one. Uh, that I wish we could be in like maybe a helicopter or something where we could bounce back and forth. Um, I guess that's what the clicker is for, the remote control. Uh, that I'll be able to do today is probably the best bet. But um, as far as the atmosphere there in Stillwater, what, what can you tell us there? And for those of us that love college football and wish we could be there with you. Yeah, so is that it's in Stillwater, like you said, it's at Boone Pickens Stadium there, and that's a big stadium that holds fifty five thousand or so, and they're at twenty five percent capacity. So, I think that's somewhere around uh, fourteen thousand or something like that. That it will be there. Um, I will be one, like you said. So I'm super excited. It's been a while, so very pumped to get out there here pretty soon. And about an hour drive, so not too bad for you guys from Tulsa to Stillwater. Yep, pretty much an hour straight west. All right. So how can people follow? Tell, tell us about your work as far as following you on Twitter and the podcast. I, I have it on Apple Podcasts. So uh, how do you guys uh, talk about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the podcast is called The Golden Hurricast. We started it a couple years ago and we are on Twitter mostly. And that's at Golden Hurricast, all one word. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. It's under, at underscore Ryan Token. And uh, you can follow me if you want. If, you, if you're interested in football, you should probably just follow the Golden Hurricast. I tweet some about football. I also tweet about uh, Apple and tech and uh, all kinds of other stuff. So uh, maybe just follow the Golden Hurricast there. Uh, but yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped for this game. Uh, it's kind of life on the line for Montgomery. Last year, Kind of at the end of last year, uh, our, our athletic director, Derek Gregg, pretty much came out straight up and said it's bowl game or bust for him this year. What that means this season, I have no idea because we have too many bowls and not enough teams. So if he makes a bowl game, does he save his job by default? Like, I have no idea how that's going to work. Um, but it is, he's definitely, he knows he's on the hot seat. Uh, so he's, I, mean, I think he knows that this is the kind of game that can turn a turn a career around. So we'll see what happens, but I am very excited. And Ryan, for appearing today, we're going to send you the Apple Watch, the Series 6. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Hey, Bye-bye. thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> It came out. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's always a joy talking to you. So I'll talk to you later. See you, Ryan. Take care, man. Yeah. Bye-bye.
with us right now. Very excited, uh, Bubba, back on the show again, and a big matchup today in Huntington, right? Yeah, welcome back into the program. Um, Keith Morehouse from WSAZ in Huntington. Keith, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me, man. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Well, appreciate I guess you. I'm just not here, Mr. Morehouse. <laughs> Kyle, <is there. laughs> Kyle, I'm sorry. I, there you are. Yeah, everybody. I got all the boxes now. It's like the Brady Bunch. All right, I'm good. Yeah, Keith, uh, so glad to have you back on. And uh, a big matchup uh, with App State today there in Huntington. Uh, what's the mood like there? Uh, certainly, I know that there are a lot of us, including Bubba's favorite team. Isn't Appalachian State, Bubba? Of course it is. <laughs> okay, that's an that's inside joke. On the, on Dave's the, on running the that in the ground. Yeah. Uh, what's the mood like today, Keith, uh, there in Huntington for the game? Man, everybody's pretty fired up, guys. Um, as you know, um, this is an old Southern Conference rivalry from way back. Appalachian State and Marshall, they've known each other for a long time. And um, it, to get, get these two teams back together on the field, with the, the stakes are obviously high. I mean, Appalachian State comes in 23rd. You know, Marshall had that really impressive win uh, in, in its opening weekend uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, everybody's pretty jacked up. I, you know, when Marshall went to Conference USA, a lot, lot, you know, obviously that league is different than it was when Marshall joined it with, you know, Houston and Memphis and UCF and those teams that now aren't there. But um, everybody up here, I think, has an old, you know, kind of soft spot in their heart for the Southern Conference and, you know, Furman and Appalachian State and a lot of those powers were going back and forth with Marshall back in the 90s when before the herd went to the uh, FBS. But uh, – yeah, I mean, every, everybody's pretty fired up. You know, they, they, you know, CBS is in town. The main CBS, they switched the game from CBS College to CBS uh, main network. So wow, um, cool. there's going to be a big showcase, yeah. And, and you know, with Appalachian State coming in ranked and, you know, whatever, 12, 14,000 fans allowed in, I think it's going to be a, a really fun atmosphere. And it's a beautiful day, if you can see already. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun matchup, no doubt. Keith, uh, last week when we had you on, or I guess it's a couple weeks ago now, uh -huh. pri prior to uh, the Herd's opener against EKU, um, we referenced um, back in the 90s um, that rivalry that existed yeah. between App State and Marshall, and I talked about um, memories of Randy Moss going 75 <laughs> yards on the, on the post route up uh -huh. at Kipper Stadium. Uh, so so just, just talk about, um, we've touched on it a little, but just the importance of maybe seeing this game schedule more consistently moving forward. Oh, no question. I, I, you know, Sean Clark, there are lots of little subplots here, guys. Sean Clark, the head coach, uh, went to school at GW, which is 50 miles you know, to the east of us, which is uh, the state capital in Charleston, which also happens to be the alma mater of Marshall's freshman, now sensation quarterback, Grant Wells. So they have the same alma mater. Uh, Sean played at Appalachian State. Uh, Tony Peterson, his offensive coordinator, was uh, was the quarterback here. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback at Marshall and coached here for 10 years, two different times as offensive coordinator. Um, so he knows all about the program. Tony Peterson is, is his name. So there are a bunch of little subplots. And then when you put that all in together with the fact that they had a great rivalry, I mean, even the year that they uh, that uh, Moss went down there back in 96, I mean, that was a, that was a you know, 24 to 10 game. That was as close as anybody played Marshall that year. And uh, Appalachians come up here several times and won, and Marshall's gone down there and won. So uh, it, it, two, two teams with a lot of respect for each other, um, two teams that are, you know, obviously have gone on to, to good success at the FBS level. So all that, you know, with, with, coupled with Appalachians' ranking 
and the uh, the CBS cameras in town. It ratchets everything up a little bit and puts this game maybe in a little more focus for the national interest than than uh, would have been expected beforehand. So yeah, there's a there's a lot on the line here this afternoon for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Grant Wells, your quarterback, at his uh, debut against Eastern Kentucky. Lit it up. Great performance as a freshman. Um, talk about him. Was that expected? I mean, I know you guys were in a situation where your your previous starter had uh, had some off-the-field issues and uh, had to get told to, to go pack his bags. Uh, were you guys expecting that kind of performance from Grant Wells, uh, or was did that come as a surprise? You know, it's funny, guys. I, I covered him in, in high school because, again, he's he's in the same TV market. So we saw what he could do, and he was athletic and threw it all over the place in high school. But, you know, when you yeah. go up to, to Division One, that's a whole different level of competition. And, and quite frankly, nobody had seen him, you know, when the band's playing. You know, he, he had been really good in practice, and lots of people even last year thought maybe he's the best quarterback on the roster, but he didn't play. So you had no idea. So his first ever college game, his first ever college pass – was uh, two weekends ago against Eastern Kentucky. So, no, to answer your question, I don't think anybody thought he could be that effective. I mean, he, he threw some big-time throws. Now, clearly, this afternoon, Appalachian State is going to give him some more trouble than, than I think uh, Eastern Kentucky gave him just because Appalachian's, you know, obviously talented. Their defense is going to come after him. So, you know, that first game almost looked like a fairy tale game where he didn't miss a throw. Uh, he was, you know, 16 for whatever he was for 307 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, some people are already, you know, writing him in as a, as a kind of a quasi Heisman candidate. So there's all that, there's all that kind of hype, but it, I, it's going to ratchet up today because Appalachia is going to come after him. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, that's when you wake up as a college quarterback and realize, all right, all those games aren't as easy as the last one. So no, no, no one expected that of him, but you know, the thing that I was most impressed with is he made all the throws. I mean, I don't care who is who he was playing against a couple of weeks ago. He threw some great balls. He didn't get himself in trouble. He knew when to kind of get out of the pocket and go. And he'll have to do that this afternoon because you know Appalachian State's going to dial up some some blitzes. And uh, but he he just seemed like a cool character. Now we'll see how that happens at three thirty. But um, you know, no, I I think everybody was more than impressed. And and for a, a school that you know kind of. Bills itself is, you know, quarterback you with Chad Pennington and Byron Leftwich and Eric Kresser and, you know, Tony Peterson, who's the offensive coordinator at, at Appalachian. Um, I think he's going to fit in well. He's, he's got a little bit of moxie about him. He doesn't seem to, uh, to get panicked. So uh, we'll see how he, how he stands up today against Appalachian State. But, yeah, he was, he was uh, super impressive in his first outing for sure. And, Keith, you mentioned how that game's going to be on CBS Network, not, not Sports Network, but broadcast right, CBS. right. Uh, your game against EKU was on ESPN. Conference USA's TV deal in recent years has been kind of oh, wacky. It's yeah. been a long time since Marshall's had this kind of exposure back to back weeks. Yeah, you're right, Colin. And you don't even, I don't know that we sometimes think about that enough, but you get so many more eyeballs watching you and then going, oh my gosh, I remember back, you know, when Marshall was doing this and that. But, you know, uh, and it's no, it's through no fault. It's just college football's transition from, you know, what it was then to what it is now. But, you know, being on Facebook and Stadium, which is, you know, nothing bad, but it's not the same thing as CBS. And not this, you know, just just to kind of throw it out there, um, you know, you see Stadium or Facebook come in or, or um, and, you know, they'll bring in one truck. They have four freaking semis down there parked at the stadium <laughs> ready to go. So they, they play for real. So, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a different game. Yeah, I mean, this is – you guys know this. This is ordinarily the SEC spot at 3.30 on a Saturday afternoon. 
and to have all those eyeballs on you that maybe ordinarily wouldn't watch, it's a big deal for sure. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about that very thing that we love uh, the TV coverage and the TV deals. Uh, what does Conference USA have to do to, to get a better deal? Because uh, you guys deserve, this is a perfect example of uh, there's great programs like Marshall, for example, um, not just because we're talking to you, but that's a perfect example of, of why you guys should have a better deal. Uh, you, I don't know if it's an independent. Um, you can't do your own deal, but you deserve more than what you have now for sure. Yeah, I think that's sort of an offshoot of, of the college football realignment. I mean, when I was doing TV games back, uh, you know, I started in 96 when Moss got here and all the way through 2002 with Byron Leftwich and, and uh, you know, Chad Pennington. And so, uh, you know, Marshall was kind of the darling of ESPN then. And, and, and uh, so they had that deal. And then they go straight to Conference USA. And it's, it's uh, again, it's through no fault of the league, but you're sort of disjointed in where you are and how people can see you. And um, yeah, it makes a big difference. So I, I, I'd like I'd like to see the league do something to to up its uh, exposure. But you know, back in those days when Marshall was in the MAC, and and now as you guys know, in the MAC, you got to play on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, and I, th I think that sort of takes the luster off of uh, the alumni coming to town on a Saturday, because from October all the way through November, the MAC doesn't play Saturday football games, and I don't think that's the way to go. But somehow you got to find a way where you can get yourself, uh, you know, a little more exposure. Um, and, and I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. But, you know, if every time you get on, like last week when, when Marshall, or two weeks ago when Marshall was on um, ESPN and there were, what, seven games going on because of COVID, uh, yeah, you get a little more exposure and more people are watching you. And if they can acquit themselves well this afternoon and let's say, let's say Grant has a, a tremendous game and maybe they spring the upset, I mean, people all of a sudden are going – Oh, yeah, that's the Marshall I used to know. I felt like watching that game, guys, against Eastern, even though it was a, an, an FCS team, that was the way Marshall used to be play football, and that's what Marshall was known for. So if all those things come together and you get a, a dynamic offense and, and some great network exposure again, I think that helps your program for sure. Keith, um, Marshall, and uh, obviously we, we cover college football nationally, but we're concentrated on East Carolina. We're supposed to up the season together. Uh, what are you hearing in Huntington? You know, we're here down here. We're going to try to play that game December 5th. Most likely the conference championship games are going to be moved. Is that what you're hearing up there? Yeah. I, you know, I, obviously, guys, you know Mike Hamrick, the AD up here, used to be down at, in Greenville, and uh, he wants to play that game as uh, more than – in fact, he's told me more than once this year that if there's one game that they can play, he'd love to play East Carolina for a lot of reasons. And and you'll see it tomorrow in the broadcast, uh, CBS – or today, CBS is going to um, – put some uh, special attention on the anniversary of, of the tragedy, which is exactly 50 years ago this year. And, um, you know, ECU had some things planned. So I, I would love to see him play that game. I'm coming down next week, guys, because I, I think I told you we're going to do a, a special on uh, – we're working on a special for the, um, the November 14th anniversary date. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I just think that's a game that um, for so many reasons this year is so important to play. So – if neither team's in their championship game or they're not playing championship games because they're going to bowls or whatever, I hope they make it happen. And, and I, I know that, you know, um, the ADs for both schools are working hard on it. So I, I hope it does happen because for so, so many reasons, um, it makes sense. Uh, it would, ha it, it has so much symmetry to the game. And um, yeah, I, I just think, uh, I, th I think this year's the year to do it. So if they can make it happen, it'd be wonderful on both sides, I think. And Kyle, we got to take him uh, around to get some barbecue. We, we promised him that a couple weeks ago. So 
That's we got to right. get them some barbecue, Eastern North Carolina barbecue for Keith. Yeah, I've yeah, been there before. Better, better and the I, early. What's what's your favorite place, Kyle? What is it down there? Uh, uh, Bees. Bees okay. barbecue by far is the best uh, for Eastern style barbecue in Grable, but they they sell out early, man. They they, they cook their whole hog overnight. The night before. <laughs> And uh, if you don't get there by like 11, 11.30 on Saturday, it's going to be gone. You're done. Yeah, man. I, I, like I said, I've been there for several several hey. games. And it, I, to me, the, the and I mentioned the, the uh, early, early uh, when Marshall went to Conference USA, um, that to me has the – and I've been to several SEC venues. When, when East Carolina when, – when Dowdy Fitland's rocking, that's as much as, a, as an SEC environment as I've seen in that league. And I, I, I think it's a fantastic place to go. So I, I always enjoy going down there for sure. Well, we'll be 350 strong Saturday. So. No, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Next Saturday. Is that yeah, just friends? Is, is that friends and family? Three hundred fifty people. Three hundred fifty yep. people. Parents only. Uh, oh wow! The guys, the guy that when I used to do the games that, on TV, uh, my partner Sonny Randall. Of course, Sonny coached at East Carolina, played at UVA, was in the NFL, uh, caught more touchdown passes in the '60s uh, than any NFL player. But he was my uh, he was my color guy, and he used to call those MCI crowds just friends and family. That's what he back when MCI. Remember the the network, yeah. the, the phone network. So uh, I guess 350 is better than nothing, right? Yeah, no question about it. Hey, now, Keith, uh, a couple things. Um, first of all, Kyle is definitely spot on when it comes to Bees Barbecue. Um, Bees is so established, Keith, they don't even have a phone. No. Oh, they, 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 they've never had a phone. And just just the word of mouth, and, the, and they, and they uh, serve such good food, they don't need one. Um, By the and then also uh, Bubba Grant chiming in, one of our loyal viewers and listeners, uh, saying we we also at East Carolina have a soft spot in our oh, heart. Yeah, that's our right. Old and and uh, obviously uh, in our case, it was um, CUSA instead of the SOCON. But c- couldn't agree more. Um, I'm glad that this series has been scheduled between East Carolina and Marshall. Yeah, I, I just I just think it fits, man. And, and um, there's uh, you know M- Marshall. Now, now, of course, Conference USA is kind of a Texas-based league, but when Marshall got in uh, to the Conference USA, you know, East Carolina's there and, and UCF, and Marshall, I think, considers itself a southern school, even though it's the most northern school of the leagues, uh, the schools that it sort of contends with in those leagues. So, yeah, I, I just think it, I think it works. And, um, you know, when they, when they went to the American, I think it, a lot of Marshall fans up here went, oh, and they kind of got deflated because – you know, it's not, nothing against the teams they play now, but you have a certain, you know, uh, kind of a closeness or, or however you want to refer to it as these teams that you joined, especially with East Carolina in the past that they share with Marshall. So, yeah, it's just it's just a good feeling when you're playing teams that you know. And, uh, you know, you, when you go down to Greenville or you go – they come up to Huntington and you're treated so well, even win or lose, man, you enjoy the experience. And then you say, all right, let's do this again next year. And that that's the fun part of rivalries. And that's the fun part of college football. Keith, one more last question from, from, from my end, and uh, you, you kind of mentioned it with CUSA being a Texas-based conference now, and you guys playing App State today, it's a, it's a good time to ask this question. We've talked about it with some Southern Miss folks. Do you think it's time for Conference USA and the Sun Belt to kind of realign the two leagues? You you could really take both those leagues. If, yes, big hit check. You could take those, <laughs> those two leagues and make two really good geographical sound leagues. I mean, you, you got Marshall. Appalachian State, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Old Dominion, you know, uh, all together, yes. Middle Tennessee, and then all the Texas and Deep South schools together. It would make a lot of sense. Oh, no question, Kyle. That You know, you, you talk about geography and, 
and uh, and we look at it in relation to what COVID's done, and, and let's think about the cost of everything, right? I mean, you know, do you want? What, I mean, should your volleyball team be going out to El Paso? You know, that just doesn't. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, uh, I think it's incumbent upon schools nowadays more than ever, as we see Olympic sports being cut, and how many schools are, are getting rid of sports. You know, instead of having your team's going out to Dallas and, and El Paso. What if they do go to Boone? What if they go to, you know, schools down south, as you mentioned, that, you know, Georgia Southern and Statesboro and, and those places where it's a little bit closer and you have a little bit more of a natural rivalry? I, I think that should be the case in all of college football. Like, you know, why, why is West Virginia their closest Big 12 game? Is it is it Iowa State? That doesn't make sense. And I think that um, maybe it's incumbent upon presidents and athletics directors to say, hey, we got to save some money. Let's do this smart. Because you don't know when the next issue is going to come up, and uh, it's been exposed with with what happened, what has happened with COVID. So, Kyle, that's a perfect point, and and I think all of college football should look out. Will they do it? I don't know. Maybe not. They'll probably forget about it, you know, next year. But uh, every about ten years ago, college football ran wild with these realignments, and I think you know some 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 reckoning should come back to, and some common sense should come back to the game and say, hey, let's let's form some rivalries where you can bust to or at least they aren't so far away, yeah. and, and you have some geographical common sense. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, Keith, uh, enjoy the game for us. We wish we could be there. That's another one of the matchups we would love to see today, and uh, it's going to be a really good football game. We'll watch it via the big screen uh, and the recliner, so to speak. Thank you so much. And by the way, before we let you go, how can people follow your work? Just uh, at Keith Morehouse uh, on Twitter, at Keith Morehouse, K-E-I-T-H-M-O-R-E-H-O-U-S-E, and uh, I'm at WSAZ.com, so um, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be covering it hard today, and, and uh, hopefully we have a great game. It's going to be a beautiful day, and uh, Dave and Bubba and Kyle, thank you guys for having me, man. I always appreciate joining you. I appreciate you very much. Enjoy and look forward to meeting you in person uh, very soon. All right. Take care of yourself, guys. See you. Thanks. See you, Keith. All right. So glad to have him a part of the broadcast today, always, WSAZ, and uh, certainly we'll see if we can get that uh, – well, do something special for the Marshall game. And uh, obviously November 14th is the 50th anniversary. So we'll try to do something at least that night. And hopefully we can play that game. Like Kyle said in December, that would be fantastic for sure. Now guys, we're going to do uh Oh yeah. There's Bubba Grant saying regional robberies are the best. You're great. Yeah. We could, we could do a whole show Bubba, um, Bubba, Bubba and Kyle on uh, regional rivalries. And uh, we talked about Southern Miss and that, but we want to talk about, the games today and guys uh guys ladies watching right now you can join in on facebook and youtube and you can uh, put your picks up as well love for you to make comments there um i know guys you guys picked 10 games so let's go over the 10 games and i'll uh, pitch it back to you bubba yeah we'll start things off here in state um, boston college playing duke um, boston college has a first year head coach duke looked better than anticipated last week at notre dame uh, and they gave the Fighting Irish a game for about three quarters of that one. So, Kyle, what do you think about this first game between the Blue Devils and uh, the Boston College Eagles? Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, I, I don't know what the line is now, uh, Bubba, but I was surprised early to see that BC was actually the favorite on the road, uh, not playing a game yet, and Duke looked competitive at times against Notre Dame. Um, I, uh, Coach Cutcliffe, back calling plays at Duke, uh, is in Durham. Uh, BC, brand new head coach, first game, haven't played yet. Uh, so give me, give me the Blue Devils in the apparent mild upset. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going definitely uh, Duke. I think that they surprised me how look, good they looked last week. It was a fourth. Uh, finally, Notre Dame pulled away in the fourth quarter. It was uh, Bubba. My memory serves me right. That was a four-point game going in the fourth quarter, right? Um, it was a tight I game. I don't recall exactly, but, yes, it was a tight ball game like I alluded to earlier through about three quarters. Yeah, and then they pulled away. They scored a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter uh, to make it look 27-13 in the final. So, a uh, two-touchdown game against there. We, uh, I'm going definitely with uh, Duke. I think David Cutcliffe uh, making doing the plays. And that Bryce kid from Clemson, the quarterback, he looked really good for, for Duke uh, last week. I was impressed with him. So, the defense guys, by the way, played way better than um, – they were a lot more aggressive than I expected for Duke. So, uh, if they play like that against Boston College, then I don't know what Boston College has, though, so I will say that. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, Duke. Yeah, this is actually another note. This, this is the first time these clubs have met since 2015. That's and that's the problem. With My pick is Duke. Um, for Y'all mentioned some of the reasons, but Duke, um, you can always count on, count on them uh, being, being well-prepared and uh, coached up under David Cutcliffe. Uh, I, I think that I, I think it'll be a competitive ball game, but I, I like Duke to win it. All right. Next up, Navy and Tulane, right? Yeah, next up is Navy and Tulane. Uh, Navy got absolutely throttled after having very minimal, if any, contact uh, in the preseason. Uh, BYU went into Annapolis 155 to 3. It was uh, ugly from the kick. Uh, so what, what do you guys think about this one? Because you, you had Tulane, who had a tremendous come-from-behind win. Um, they were down 24-6 to six at South Alabama with South Alabama opening their new stadium. But the Green Wave was able to find a way to get it done on the road. Yeah, uh, Tulane struggled for, for three quarters last week, uh, came back in the fourth quarter and uh, decided they were going to play football and, uh, and, and beat uh, South Alabama. Um I just don't see how you don't tackle, you don't hit, you don't grip up all ball practice and get that fixed in two weeks. I do think playing BYU, a very physical football team, while it was a bad thing for Navy in game one, I think it's the best thing for them for the season to get some physicality right from the word go. And what you want to bet over the last two weeks, Navy's been hitting and wrapping up in practice. Um, I expect a much better effort from Navy today. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a competitive ball game. But uh, Tulane's got too much talent on that D-line. And uh, that that's, uh, that's what I think is going to be the difference. Uh, Tulane's D-line, um, you know, you, you can do your, your legal cut blocks and, uh, and neutralize some of that. But when you hadn't, when you hadn't tackled or you hadn't been hit, it's going to be pretty tough against Navy Stout defense – or Tulane Stout defense. So uh, give me the green wave to, to get the Vic. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh... – I'm definitely going to go with the green wave. I think Tulane is uh, a lot better. Um, and the fact that, uh, guys, uh, one thing I don't have we mentioned on the program this week uh, with Willie Fritz getting that big uh, deal, um, he's extended. I think the – I don't think we have. I think the deal is through 2027 or something like that. But he's done a nice job at Tulane. And uh, they, they have a lot of excitement with the stadium there on campus, uh, new stadium, and a lot of uh, great things happening with that program. But all in all, I think Tulane is showing uh, that they are definitely a lot better in uh, football than they have been uh, last year. The last couple of years have been really turning things around. Again. So I'm going to go with the green wave. 
give me the green wave as well. Uh, I think I think you'll see a much improved Navy team, but I uh, I, I like Tulane to win it. All right, both nice yeah. And next up is UCF at Georgia Tech. We talked to Jeff Allen earlier and just here about a half an hour ago from the Nightline Sports Network. And um, so you, you have the Yellow Jackets last week. They came from behind, down 10 nothing early after that lightning delay down in Tallahassee. Um, we're able to get the road win over Mike Norville and company. Um, so, And then you have UCF, who, of course, is coming to Greenville next weekend, and, and UCF is playing its opener. Yeah, Georgia Tech with the uh, with the nice win over Florida State last week didn't show a lot on offense, but defense looked pretty good. Um, you would think Florida State's got some pieces on offense. Coach Norvell's good offensive mind. Granted, it was game one, uh, so it, it, you know if Georgia Tech's defense is that good, UCF, um, particularly early as they're trying to get their footing back under them, get their tempo going because UCF's offense also all about tempo. Um, it could be a struggle early for the Knights. Um, you Georgia Tech, like I said, they didn't show a lot on offense either. Uh, that's an interesting game to me. I, I could see Georgia Tech winning that game, or I could see UCF winning it by a couple touchdowns. I'm not quite sure what we're going to see in that game. Um, I, this is a tough one for me to pick because I haven't seen the Knights play, and I'm not sure how good Georgia Tech is. I'm not sure if that was – are they really good or Florida State trash again. Um I, my gut tells me it's some of both. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go UCF. Wins late. Uh, they're going to struggle early and then uh, put it away kind of fourth quarter and uh, get the Vic over Georgia Tech in Atlanta. I agree with you, Kyle. I think that uh, UCF, with the talent they have, I think Jeff Collins is building a nice program. I think he it's not going to be a slaughter by UCF like it uh, could have been in the past, potentially. Um, especially in those two undefeated seasons, but I do believe that UCF um, they may have they may be rusty, but they still have more talent, in my opinion. And I'm gonna go with UCF. Give me the Knights as well in a four quarter ball game. All right, you want to move to the next game, Bubba? Yeah, next up is uh, App State at Marshall. And speaking of App State, we'll be joined by their play by play voice, Adam Witten, here in uh, just about 20 minutes or so. Yeah, um, guys, my whole thing with this game is, you know, Marshall looked great against Eastern Kentucky. I, I personally think, looking at Eastern Kentucky, uh, brand new head coach, I think Eastern Kentucky may be utterly horrible. Um, I'm not sure uh, how good Marshall is. They may be really, really good, uh, or they may just be pretty good. Um, apps going on the road. Uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement early. What I think is going to happen, I think Marshall may actually jump on app early because of the excitement in the stadium, CBS Sports Network, or CBS, you know, big CBS, not Sports Network, um, and having a top 25 app state team rolling to town. Um, I think I think Marshall will start jump out early, and then I think app's going to come back. I, I think app ends up putting this game away. Uh, I like app, and I like app probably by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, uh, Keith Morehouse is on with us. Uh, obviously, we love Marshall and the ties they have to East Carolina. Uh, Appalachian State, though, I think with their program is uh, it's just uh, it's one of those things where they, they're a juggernaut and they just keep winning and winning and winning and winning. I think Marshall is a good team, Kyle. I agree with you. 
I think that, uh, but there's a big difference between Eastern Kentucky and Appalachian State. And I think that they are good, but they're not as good as um, Appalachian State. I go Appalachian State all the way. And we're waiting on Bubba there. Bubba. Sorry. The yeah, no, I'm, my head's in the game. I'm communicating with uh, okay. Adam Witten. Adam was asking me something. But no, uh, yeah, give, give me the Mountaineers. And All right. next up, we have um, the Pirates down at La Tech. And the reason I say that is not only Skip Holtz, but you have Joe Sloan as offensive coordinator and then uh, David Blackwell as defensive coordinator. So La Tech is traveling to Hattiesburg to take on USM. Uh, Southern Miss will be in its first game um, after a two-week uh, layoff there um, between its opener, a loss to South Alabama in the first in the first game uh, under its new Inter interim head coach. Yeah, yeah what do you think, Kyle? You cut out on us there, Bubba. But, yeah, for, for first game for their interim head coach, uh, who has been a head coach prior to this uh, when he was in his 20s at a D3 school, and they put up some of the biggest offensive numbers in D3. Um, he's been co-office coordinator there at USM for a while, but hasn't really called the plays. I think he's going to – I'm not sure if he's going to be calling plays now as, as head coach or not through the offense, but uh, as we mentioned, see how the young man handles the situation. Uh, makes him one of the youngest hit coaches in college football in his early 30s. Um, you know, I'm torn on this one. La Tech hasn't played yet. La Tech has a pretty young football team. Um, yeah. And they, uh, they, they've had some COVID issues. Um, it, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Man, um, I, I'm going to go Southern Miss barely. Uh, they, they they bounce back. Interim head coach gets the W, and uh, USM finds a way to win this one at home, barely, maybe overtime. All right, we have Rob McLam in the green room with Inside Pack Sports. We'll be with him. Uh, the state has a big game today, so we're going to try to speed things up. Uh, I've simply, uh, this is our first disagreement, Kyle. I'm going to go, uh, I think it's going to be a competitive ball game, and I go with Law Tech. What do you think, Bubba? Give me Louisiana Tech as well. All right, next up. Next up, we have uh, De'Eric King and the Miami Hurricanes uh, traveling to Louisville to take on Scott Satterfield and the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, two good football teams. Uh, King is a very talented athlete. We all know that from Houston. I don't think Miami showed a lot of their offense game one. Um, the, the cards look really good against Western Michigan or against Western Kentucky. Uh, this game is at Louisville. Uh, give me Louisville on ABC primetime. That's uh, I like Miami, uh, like you said, with Derek King. But Louisville is a good team. Scott Satterfield is a great coach. I'm going all the way Louisville. You referenced the Eric King, Dave, and I saw a stat. I think it was on ESPN last night that the Eric King has, I think it's maybe the longest longest streak in college football history in terms of having at least one rushing touchdown and one passing touchdown. Wow. Uh, in something, it's at least 15 or 16 consecutive ball games. But it's, as much as uh, I think Eric King will do some excellent things with Miami this year, I, I think Louisville will uh, find a way to win it at home. Next up, we have um, Wake Forest traveling to Carter Family Stadium to take on NC State. Uh, the Deeks uh, on the road, uh, slight underdog at Carter Family against the Wolfpack. You, you said uh, you said we had the 
our guest from NC State in the green room. I hope he doesn't leave after this. Uh, the Deeks have a game under their belt. Uh, you look at that score against Clemson. That may have been uh, Wake Forest's best performance against Clemson in the last few years. I honestly, um, yeah, uh, NC State has some COVID issues. Um, you know, kind of like East Carolina did around the same time period. Uh, but since Wake has played a game, and I don't think Wake is a bad football team, uh, give me the Deeks to go with Carter Finley today and get the mild upset. Yeah, this is one of the games I knew we were going to do, and I was um, I'm torn on this one. I can I've been arguing this one uh, back and forth. I'm going to go uh, I'm I'm going to go with the pack, and um, I barely I think it's a very 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 tight game. Uh, it may come down to a field goal kind of game, that kind of a tight game. I'm going with the Wolfpack. Kyle referenced a lot of the things that are going into my thinking um, yeah, been, in terms of, in terms of NC State's having been pretty impacted by some coronavirus issues and uh, Wake Forest has a game under its belt. Uh, I think Wake Forest will probably win a close one, but it would not surprise me to see this one go either way. Yes. Yes, I, right. I'm going to go with Wake Forest. All right, we've got a couple more games and then we're going to get to Rob McLean again of Inside Pack Sports. Uh, what's up next? Next up is Hugh, Hugh Freeze and the Liberty Flames going on the road to WKU, um, taking on the Hilltoppers. Yeah, Liberty lost a lot off last year's football team. They went to a bowl, Western Kentucky. Not a good performance against Louisville week one. Uh, high expectations for Western this year in CUSA. I say uh, Western bounced back and beats Liberty. But never count the Flames out with Hugh Freeze coaching them. He's a great coach. But uh, give me Western Kentucky in a, in a pretty close ball game. Yeah, I uh, I like the Flames a lot, but I think that they uh, they have lost a lot. Western Kentucky is going to be the big winner. I'll take the Hilltoppers. And uh, Troy at Middle Tennessee. Yeah, uh, Middle look like dog crap against Army. Um, and again, a lot of teams can look like dog crap against a triple option. Uh, Troy hasn't played a game yet. Uh, where's that game at, Bubba? Murfreesboro or Troy? Murfreesboro, right? Yeah, it's in Murfreesboro. Uh, give me middle just barely. Yeah, I, I definitely – I'm going middle Tennessee, like Stock still. Um, and the fact it's a home game, Troy hasn't played a game, I agree with you. Let's go middle Tennessee. I'm going to go with the Trojans. Uh, I, I think Troy, even though they have not played a game, I think they'll find a way to win it. Uh, middle Tennessee will look a lot better than they did in West Point, but uh, give me Troy. And the last game, guys uh, – this is one that had not originally been on the list. Um, we, we had some deletions, as we know. And so um, we're adding in an American game uh, with the SMU Mustangs going on the road uh, to Denton, Texas, to take on North Texas. Yeah, I 14-point uh, spread in this ball game. I, I saw it last night on um, ESPN. Um, uh, one of their, uh, their analysts had this as one of his locks of the week in terms of spread that the SMU would definitely cover. I'm not so sure, man. SMU's defense is not good. North Texas uh, with Seth Trail running things has a good offense. Uh, give me SMU in a shootout. Yeah, I'm going SMU. I know we're tight on time. I'll go with SMU to pick up the victory. SMU struggled some in its opener. I uh, didn't take get didn't take very good care of the ball at Texas State. Uh, I think they'll have some of those issues rectified uh, under first year offensive coordinator Garrett Riley. And uh, I like the Mustangs to win against North Texas. 
All right, guys. Uh, next up, our next guest, we have uh, in the green room as well. We'll have Adam Witten coming up from Appalachian State. Big game against uh, the Thundering Herd at Marshall and Huntington. But first, we've got a big game in Raleigh today, don't we, Bubba? Yeah, welcome into the program for the first time from Inside Pack Sports, Rob McClam. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Yeah, we can now. How you doing, Rob? Good. Uh, glad to have you on. Certainly with the, the pack, uh, get a big game. I know that there's been issues, obviously, with COVID. East Carolina's had the same thing. Uh, how are things looking today for the pack, knowing that, uh, like a lot of teams, having to deal with this uh, the virus? Guys, I'm not hearing right now. I don't have anybody out because of it. They're not having anybody in quarantine. Uh, yeah, the last last uh, the last release they had was a couple of days ago, and I think the testing's pretty well. So you that, guys, COVID problem solved. Obviously, you guys missed some practice like we did, but it sounds like testing's going well now, and you you, you got everybody back. Um, so uh, last year. Uh, the pack struggled a little bit, uh, you know, record-wise. Um, played well at times, but didn't, didn't have the record you guys wanted. Uh, what's the pack looking like on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, you guys got a lot of stuff returning on that side. Um, defensively, they're going to an odd front, which is different from a few years ago. They had the even front. That was when they had the guys that all – the whole in front got drafted into the NFL. So they're going to even front. Um, they're still relatively young. A lot of the players were injured, of course, last year. The, they weren't really – NC State, to be frank, wasn't a competitive team. Uh, they lost most of their – most of the games they lost uh, going one and seven in the conference. I think only one of them, they were really within the in the ballpark of even trying to win. Uh, it took a fluke play. It took a trick play to win the game against Syracuse, the one game they did win. Uh, so defensively, they were last season, they were getting trampled. They were getting run on at will. Um, obviously, we haven't seen a game yet this year. Uh, the talk coming out of Raleigh is their, their, their sort of their mantra is we're not going to talk a lot. We're going to show you on Saturday. So we'll see. I mean, this is a big game. It's beat them three in a row. Uh, um, they, they have some things to prove if you want to be honest. And Rob, with uh, you have two great coaches with Dave Clawson and Dave Doran, uh, the battle of the Daves today, I guess at Carter Fenley. Uh, what what's the what's the mood there in Raleigh with the Wolfpack? The Pack fans excited about today, obviously being in the home opener, and it's an ACC and a Tobacco Road rival too. Well, it's unknown. I mean, it's there. Obviously, there are no fans, so you can't. It's not going to be the, the, the team that's going to improve. Uh, a lot of the, the struggles of last season, the, the program kind of leaned on the fact that they had injuries, and so they're they're using that as okay. You know, if if we're healthy, we can be a lot better. We were young last season; we were hurt, so it's really one of curiosity. It's is this team going to improve? Uh, it's, you know, and then the COVID is just, you really haven't been inside the camps the way you would uh, in the build up to normal seasons. Uh, usually you get a feel uh, going to practices, going to uh, waiting outside the gate to talk to the guys. We just haven't had that this year. So uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of unknown. 
Uh, but again, this is a big game at Wake Forest. Obviously, as you guys mentioned earlier, they were beaten badly by Clemson. Uh, but that didn't stop Wake Forest the past few years from beating NC State. They were beaten, they were beaten worse than the years before. So uh, this is one of those where you can kind of grade out NC State. You saw what Wake Forest was against Clemson. Clemson is the pick of the litter in the ACC. What is NC State compatible to Wake Forest? And that what better be after Saturday. Yeah, we get some technical difficulties uh, cutting out on our end here. Uh, it's hard to hear a lot of what you're saying, but uh, get the gist of it. You know, Wake Forest obviously struggled against Clemson, but Clemson is the the big dogs, not only of the ACC, but one of the big dogs of college football today. So uh, you can't take too much away from that game because um, Clemson would do that to most teams they, they, they play. Uh, Bubba? Say it again. I was pitching it to you. So, um, one of one of the things last year on the quarterback situation was really something that had uh, that really stuck out. So, um, how does that look going into this matchup? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you quarterback matchup how does that look okay guys i think we're having some technical difficulties we yeah. we, we need to match up with regard yeah with uh with a state and um, and wait for us All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to end this. Uh, we, we'll have you back on uh, later on this season. We're, we are having a lot of technical difficulties. I don't know if it's your end or our end, but we are getting about every other word you're saying. All right. Appreciate you, Rob, very much uh, for coming on inside uh, Pack Sports. Appreciate him. And uh, sorry about that, Rob. We're going to try to see. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but. Uh, We'll get you on very soon, obviously, with the Wolfpack. Good luck to them. And uh, Demon Deacons uh, there in Raleigh uh, clashing. Next up, though, we're going to go to Huntington. Uh, big game today. We just talked to Keith Morehouse to get the, obviously, a little bit earlier, to get the Thundering Herd perspective bubble. we got another special guest, one of our friends on the podcast. Yeah, we caught up with this guy last week. Um, and now on his way to the stadium there in Huntington, welcome in the play-by-play -play voice of App State, Adam Witten. Adam, can you hear us? We're on a roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, well, are you with us? The show was good for 70 minutes, and then it went off the rails. No kidding. <laughs> we were doing uh, so well. Uh, Adam, uh, if you're talking and you can't hear us, if you can hear us, we can't hear you. There we go. All right, so maybe he'll come back. All right, so we'll get uh, him back and. Yeah, uh, but, you know, things like this happen, guys. You're going to have technical difficulties when you're having live guests. That's uh, that's the beauty of doing live shows, man. It's just, just going to happen. You just got to keep rolling. Yeah, that's what the show must go on, and that's what we're going to do, guys, with the Inside Slant. By the way, thanks to all our fans, uh, something we were doing to obviously fill the void, if you will, but I think we'll keep doing this. It's been a lot of fun. 
you and Bubba are a lot of fun, uh, Kyle, always. And then Saturdays, we're jacked up because we have the – it's nice to know that uh, one thing, fellas, is the fact that we have football. And uh, we didn't know uh, uh, even a few weeks ago if we would have games to even talk about. And uh, here we are. It makes me excited. And I'm praying really hard for next week that we'll that we'll have our game next Saturday at high noon. And that'll be a fantastic matchup uh, for sure. And then uh, with Adam there with headed to the stadium, uh, that's one of the marquee games we were just talking about. But there's a lot of great games today. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, – who knows? We might see some upset, guys. That would be great to see uh, Tulsa go into Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State. That's one that really uh, stands out to me. Yeah, it'd be good for the American. Um, not so good for the Big 12. I think the Big 12 probably feels like they got upset enough last week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it would, uh, it'd would. it be good for the American and good for Tulsa. You know, Tulsa has not fared well against their in-state opponents over the years. But uh, this would be a good day for them to turn that around and upset the Cowboys out in Stillwater, and we got Adam back again. Adam, can you hear us? Yeah. Let's try this again. Adam Witten, are you with us? He's on Adam, He's on mute, so. Can you hear me? It's that Tommy, can you hear me? It's Adam, can you hear me? We'll have a new song. Maybe the Who can help us out. All right, I'm trying to unmute Adam. For some reason, I cannot unmute. All right. So, Adam, if, if you can hear us, uh, you're on mute. Uh, Software will not allow me to unmute you. There we go. I got it. We got These you. buttons aren't working. Well, there we go, Adam. Welcome to the show. Okay. Hey, how's it going, Adam? Welcome in. You're driving to keep it between the lines and on the t hold your hands on the 10 and 2 there. And uh, thanks so much for coming on with us. A big game there in Huntington today. He muted again. What a disaster! No, he's not. Yeah, he's not. A, he's not muted for some reason. We'll try to see if uh, it's not that particular time. <laughs> it's not the mute. It is so. the sports objective clown show here. The last uh, few minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the inside yeah, slant we every week. Episode of the Andy Griffith show. In the meantime, yeah, it, it's just Adam's connection um, because he, he's back with us once again. So maybe, maybe the third time will be the charm, guys. There we go. Adam, hey, what's up, man? Adam, you out of the holler yet? <laughs> he said that, hey, we, need to talk, we need to talk to Verizon. And, hey, guys, uh, can you hear me now? Well, we, we got got hey, Adam, what's up, man? Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> yeah, Adam, if you could step out of the coal mine so we can hear you. <laughs> hey, if nothing yeah. else, okay. well, we'll see how long this goes. This is a sales service commercial for for Verizon or whatever service you have in the Huntington area for sure. <laughs> yeah, put a whole bunch of satellites on top of that mountain, man. I think he's, I think he's on a track phone, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the burner, right? <laughs> Oh. All right. Well, we'll try All to right. get him back. Yeah, we're going to have to. When you get in a better service area, please please uh, try to uh, get back with us, man, because we're not getting anything you're saying. Not at all. So we'll we'll bring him back in. We'll talk a couple minutes, see if we can get him, and we'll talk about the games again. Uh, Kyle, I know that you're, uh, you're going to be big on your big screen today. Uh, 
what are the games uh, I'll ask you and Bubba while we wait on Adam, what are the games you're going to be focusing on today? I know we had those 10 picks there, but um, what's the game that really strikes you as the one that you'll probably be watching the most? Well, the Appalachian State Marshall game. I mean, we, we, we talked about with, with Morehouse there from Marshall, and we're trying to get Adam from App State on uh, to talk about it more. That's that's one that, uh, to me, I've really got circled. Obviously, Louisville and Miami tonight in primetime on ABC is another big one uh, nationally and in the ACC conference. Um, you, you, you look at the cards and, 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 and uh, the Hurricanes. Yeah. Either, either one of those two teams uh, could be the second best team in the ACC and uh, be Clemson's opponent in the championship. Um, so uh, those two come to mind. Um, pretty much any game that's on the TV, man. From a personal aspect, I'll always keep up with my second favorite team, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And I'll uh, be watching them in La Tech on ESPN2. Um, so uh, just, just whatever is on TV, I'll be watching. You guys know me. I'll, I'll be watching college football all day. Hey Bubba, what you what? What are the games that you're gonna be watching? Maybe the number one game, or some other ones as well that you're gonna be watching this afternoon. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, the App State Marshall game to for multiple reasons to to see uh, exactly how good Marshall really is uh, here early in the season. Uh, looking forward to UCF and Georgia Tech for obvious reasons to see what we can expect out of the Knights come next weekend. So those are two of the main ones. Uh, Kind of scrolling through the games here, uh, yeah, th those are the those are the main two that certainly come to mind. And then uh, it will be interesting. And uh, we talked about that Miami Louisville game. That was one of our games on the Pick'em contest. Uh, number seventeen Miami against number eighteen Louisville. Uh, I, that's one to definitely keep an eye on. No yeah, question about it. Also, uh, 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 another. Um uh, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, does, does Lafayette, Louisiana, are they playing Georgia State this weekend or is that next weekend? They're playing Georgia State and they are a 16-point favorite and I'm pretty sure that game is being played uh, at Ted Turner, at the Ted as they call it, uh, Turner Field in, in Atlanta. And, actually, uh, actually, that stadium has a new name. Uh, yeah, Georgia State. Had, uh, I, was just, I was just getting to that. I, I don't recall what it is, but yes, we talked about that here recently. They have sponsorship for that stadium. Yeah, and uh, Georgia State is the opponent that the Pirates will play after UCF if everything goes to to plan. So it'll be interesting to to watch the Panthers play today. Also, I believe that's going to be on ESPN too. So you can watch uh, both the Pirates up to a. Uh, you can watch East Carolina's uh, their next two opponents today: UCF, Georgia Tech on ABC, and Georgia State looking at Lafayette. That's definitely going to be my the two big ones. And obviously, you were talking about um, the Louisville um, Miami game is going to be big and, uh, for, for sure. But uh, those two opponents with UCF and obviously with Georgia State, those are two that. And the Appalachian State game, probably the three that I'll watch the most. Guys, uh, you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, guys. Uh, great first half of the show. Unfortunately, I had some technical difficulties with some with some cell service uh, for a couple of people there at the end, and that's just the the the, the way it works doing a live show. And uh, as long as we're going to keep doing live shows, we're going to run into those problems, and you just got to roll with it. Hope everybody enjoyed it and understands that uh, that kind of stuff happens. And uh, everybody have a good day of watching college football, and we'll, we'll see you for the uh, for for our uh, for our playback show. Yeah, appreciate everyone tuning in, and um, like 
Kyle is saying, or like like all of us have said at one point during this show, I'm really looking forward to next week. Um, knock on wood, I'm not knocking on uh, the bar here at Atrium Health Ballpark in Kannapolis. Um, everything will go well for East Carolina as well as UCF. And with UCF playing a game today against Georgia Tech, and we'll have football next Saturday at 12 noon at Dowdy Fickler. Yeah, guys, it's going to be interesting and uh, certainly going to enjoy – uh, the kids are going to watch uh, football again with me today, so that's going to be a lot of fun. As my daughter, Mackenzie, says, she loves to watch football with her daddy, and that's what we're getting ready to do. And uh, lots of uh, pizza, wings, uh, not good for the diet for sure, but they're going to – and soda, but uh, they're going to have a lot of fun with me doing that. It'll be a lot of uh, uh, family bonding, so we sh- shall we say. So I appreciate you guys very much. I look forward to the playback, and it's going to be interesting to see how these games play out. And um, I tell you what, guys, uh, we plan on doing this right for every week. I wanted to tell fans that are just joining us that the, the inside slant is something we're going to do every week in addition to covering the Pirates. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this on a weekly basis, catching up with various play-by-play voices, beat writers, and what have you from around the nation, uh, previewing that week's games. And um, next week we'll have our – Pirate football playback, in addition to a Pirate preview, taking a look at that matchup with UCF, we hope. Um, and on Tuesday, we'll catch up with Stephen Igo, Voice the Colors, and then also uh, during that show at 8 o'clock, we will talk to Eric Ward from ECU Sports Marketing to talk about how much different and how challenging it is to produce a game day environment in, in the COVID times. And and Igo's last appearance on the on the uh, on I can't think of the name of our podcast on the Sports Projection podcast. I don't know about that. He'll be with us. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be with us for sure. Uh, until next that time, guys. This podcast is going to be a huge failure. Wow. No, uh, he's going to be with us. I, I don't have a. I don't have any problems with him being on. He was our first guest. And he's always been a great friend. Inside slant here on the Sports Projection. Thank you, guys. We don't have any problems with it either, Dave. Uh, and just we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. Uh, yeah, we, we have zero issues with Steve and I go. No okay, doubt. I, I thought Dave was aware. I apologize. <laughs> Inside slant here on the Sports Objective. Thank you so much for watching. We'll have the playback uh, tonight or tomorrow. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, go Pirates. Good day, everybody. Enjoy the football games. <laughs>